Welcome to the Learning Exchange, where L&D and HR professionals can dig deep into the ever-changing landscape of online learning and talent development. Each episode, we'll explore innovations in learning and discuss best practices with special guests from inside and outside the learning world. L&D is evolving, and the Learning Exchange is here to help you keep pace. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Learning Exchange. On this episode... Let's really dive into the idea of content, buy versus build. I think over the years, it's pretty safe to say that the mindset on this topic has shifted countless times. I think it used to be that we would only consider buying content from a provider that we trusted, but we were buying a lot of content in the 80s and the 90s and maybe even in the early 2000s. Um, a lot more content was being bought as the uh, primary strategy as compared to recent years. Then we sort of had this changeover in the mid-2000s and to the 2010s where it was more about build, build, build. I want all my content to look like me, feel like me, sound like me, so that it feels very natural to our employee population. Then we experienced 2020. And in 2020, what, uh, what happened, I think, really was a catalyst for change. It kind of woke some people up. It brought some people closer to center as we think about the learning strategies around the globe. And there's been a bit of a normalization, loosely speaking, where organizations across all industries and organizations of all sizes are being encouraged to really lean in heavily to this hybrid approach of buy and build. Um, But somehow buy stuff and build stuff and make it work together, which starts to beg the question, how do you do this in a way that makes sense? So I think you probably are very similar to me in that you really don't want some convoluted user experience where users log into one system for this kind of training and log into that system for another kind of training. And there's not really one central place to know who's done what. Um, After all, I mean, how much value does the training really offer your workforce if you don't have a way to track what's been done? And before you get too excited, when I start talking about tracking, I'm not in this context talking about tracking for compliance sake. I'm instead talking about tracking for the information and the insights that you can gain from just understanding who's taking what so that you can start to identify where there's improvement, where there's not improvement, and be able to connect the dots between the content and the impact or the improvement. So uh, in a world that continues to get increasingly complex with the options in technology, I thought I'd share some tips on how to navigate this journey. And you know, as, as I am speaking to you, I'm also tackling this same journey in-house. So we are acquiring content for our learning population. We're building some content for our learners at Skooks and trying to find the best way to bring all of those pieces together with the right user experience, with the right purpose, with the right intention to make sure that people show up eager to learn. So where possible, um, I think I I would always start with anchor everything in skills and competencies. Let's define what those things are. 
really kind of map them back to business objectives and to the overall function of the organization. Uh, I say this all the time, but there's a reason for it. And it does take a lot of work to do this, but here's, here's a little tip. If you invest the time to take this step now, you can move much faster in the future and for longer uh, because you've got this central kind of theme that anchors everything. You can get a baseline. You can understand where your knowledge exists today, where the gaps are, and really how to fill those gaps quickly. Um, it also, I think, helps you better identify where your resources should be spent. Um, do you know how much time it takes you to build a training course? And more importantly, should you be building versus buying? Uh, generally speaking, I have some thoughts here, and uh, these are really just my thoughts. So I thought I would share them with you. And hopefully they help you navigate that question of buy versus build. Uh, I think it's safe to say that in 2021, there is no harm in buying content from everywhere. The content doesn't have to look or feel the same. Even if it's on the same topic, it just has to have a purpose that is articulated to your learner population. I think we should consider really reserving our energy and our resources that we devote toward the build of our own content, um, specifically as it relates to bringing the purchased content into focus. And so what I mean by this is maybe let's say we want to go out and buy customer service training for the company. Maybe it's presentation skills. Maybe it's pick, pick whatever your theme is, but we're going to go buy this content for the entire population. And there's some content out there that, you know, it, it's standard. It's, it's built on standards that I think very successful businesses will follow. So we like the methodology uh, maybe we don't like the look and feel of the uh, the content. Maybe our company doesn't wear suit and ties, but the training has people in suit and ties. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe we are a suit and tie and the training seems a little bit too irreverent and a little bit too kind of far into the casual space. Um, regardless of those elements, if the, the kind of methodology and the core of the content is really valid, then buy it and use it but spend your time and energy really building some kind of internal pieces that connect the dots for people. So maybe you use this globally accepted customer service basics course because it teaches all the mechanics and all the different touch points and just the kind of foundational elements. And then instead of spending hours and hours and hours building that and reinventing the wheel, maybe spend your time focused on a 10 minute kind of let's bring it all into life for our company. How do those concepts really translate to our company? Um, make sure that you have a really well thought out internal communication and marketing plan. And what I mean by this is really helping everybody to understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, and maybe even preemptively address some of those objections or obstacles that may come, right? So maybe in your marketing and communication internally, as you're launching new training content, just go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room. So we're going to be launching a whole bunch of content and we know not all the content's going to look and feel the same. We know it's not all going to look and feel like it belongs in our business. 
but trust us, there's a reason. There's really good stuff and we really want you to benefit from it. And we're going to address that other stuff in a different way. We're going to kind of help you connect the dots. So we want you to learn the basics from the off the shelf stuff. And then we want you to internalize it through the stuff we build to help you connect the dots to our culture. Um, Another tip is really think long and hard about the user experience. I think it can be really easy to get paralyzed by this. Um, As I mentioned, I don't think any of us really like the idea of buying a bunch of content that doesn't play well in our system so that we end up having to send users here, there, and everywhere else to consume content. And then we don't, for whatever reason, have a central way to report on it, which means we have just this big gap. Um, Ideally, everything would be unified. Everything would start from the same place. So we'd go in the front door of the LMS. We would launch every course. We would search for everything right through there. And there's all these beautiful integrations that make it very seamless for the end users. Let's be honest. Those things cost money. They take time. And sometimes they overcomplicate the journey. So I'm not saying just blindly accept a very disconnected experience, but I am saying start with the end in mind. Um, So as a a real life example, conversations that I'm having as recent as last week and this week, um, talking with different providers and understanding the technical limitations. So what is possible in an ideal world? Understand that. And then work backward to figure out if that's where we want to go and that's where we know we can go, what's critical? How do I make sure that what I do now, because I have a need right now, people want stuff today, how do I do that and not shoot myself in the foot and prevent myself from getting to that ideal state? I'm not sure if you could tell, maybe you can, but I've been there, done that and learned some lessons. And so... I think just starting with the end in mind and really understanding what's possible, have a conversation with different providers to understand the technical capabilities from a user experience, from an integration perspective, and make sure you're thinking about all the aspects. And then look at maybe, maybe you start in a disconnected fashion, but if you do that, make sure you understand what it takes to marry the data later. As an example, If I use email address as a unique identifier in my LMS and in my content providers, content partners ecosystem, is that email address enough to allow me to marry the data together when it's time? Do I need more? Do I need some other unique identifiers or something else that's going to make it work, technically speaking, down the road? As long as we factor that in, we can make the the necessary decisions now and then create a short, mid, and long-term plan. When you take that and you combine it with the communication, so full transparency, let people in on what's happening, I think you'll find that there's a lot of forgiveness. There's a lot of um, openness to the idea. After all, if you think about buying a house, what would your perspective be? What would your experience be if your realtor took you into the house, didn't tell you there was construction, didn't tell you it was a work in progress, they just said, welcome. You walk in and you see there's holes in the wall, the floor is not finished, there's stuff to be done. You're probably immediately thinking, I need this discounted, this is not for me. If it's going to be for me, there's gonna have to be a lot of concessions made to make me want it. However, if you were just told, 
right? Set proper expectations ahead of time. Somebody told you, hey, before you go in, just know um, the plan is for this house to be fully finished. And in its current state, the paint still needs to be finished. There's some floor work that needs to be done, uh, right? Like if you set expectations, I think people walk through the door with those expectations in mind, and that allows them to really embrace what they need to embrace. It's okay to let people live in the house while we're redecorating, while we're painting, while we're putting the finishing touches on. We just need to let them know. Let them know what we're doing, where we're headed, kind of what to expect so they can align their expectations. I think too many times I hear organizations lodge complaints about third-party content not fit like not really being a fit for our culture. It doesn't look like us, doesn't sound like us. We don't wear suits and ties. We don't talk like that. We don't have tattoos. We don't, whatever the case may be. Um, and, you know, factually it's correct. Sure, that doesn't look like us, doesn't sound like us. But again, you can overcome that objection really easily by setting the right expectation, focusing your time and energy on trying to build a culture where hearts and minds are encouraged to remain open. If you can get people excited about what you're doing, get people excited about the learning to take place, get excited about the fact that you're pouring dollars into investing in the development of your workforce, um, they're going to get excited, much more excited than if you just start kind of throwing things at them, telling them to do it. So this it also kind of brings with it a subtle shift from a compliance mindset where we're thinking about the needs of management, um, making it easier for us to police and track and all that good stuff, and shifting the focus to the needs of the employee, the needs of the task at hand, developing, learning, growing, improving. If we can do that, if we can kind of commit to the, the right kind of communication, the right kind of internal campaign to build excitement and really help people understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. Involve them, bring them along. I think it will be received well and it will go a long way toward making it very easy to adopt a mixture of purchased and internally built content that can help you soar.